welcome to the Faith Church Podcast channel. We exist to reach people and connect them to God and others. If you would like more information about Faith Church or would like to schedule a visit sometime, visit our website at www.igotofaith.com. We can only do what we do because of the generosity of our Faith Church family. If you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at www.igotofaith.com and hit the giving tab, or you can text the amount of your contribution to 84321. Both of these options will send you to a safe and secure server. Your giving is much appreciated. Now, get ready as our lead pastor, Steve Husky, starts a brand new series entitled Heaven and Earth. It's good to see you guys. How's everybody doing today? Come on, let's make some noise. Hope you guys are fired up. Listen, man, it is always uh, our privilege to host you guys. Again, if you're our Faith Church family, you're here all the time. Thanks for showing up this weekend to all of our first-time guests and those that were coming back recently. Man, we're glad that you're here. Always, we try to say it this way, that we hope that God really shows up and does something in your life. We believe that God is a God of hope and restoration and strength and peace, and in Him we find everything we need. And we hope you experience that today and you open your heart to these messages. So we're starting a brand new series entitled Heaven and Earth. And so let me jump in this way. How many people have heard the term house rules? House rules. House rules. Everybody has house rules. When I say house rules, some of you, maybe your house rules look like this, that if someone comes to your house, they have to take their shoes off. I'm not about taking my shoes off at people's places. So like uh, I, I do what Jesus said. Jesus says, treat people the way you want to be treated, which means if you come to my house, you don't have to take your shoes off. Unless you've been stomping through a cow patch, uh, you know, you just don't need to take them off. But here's a rule that I do have. If you choose to take your shoes off, I don't want you putting your feet on my couch. <laughs> now, I'm just telling you, that's not a written rule anywhere. In fact, I won't even tell you that except here now you know. But if you come to my house and you t- choose to take your shoes off and you put your feet on my couch, if I'm talking to you, I might be looking at you, but I'm not really listening because I'm just thinking, your feet are on my couch. So I'm not down with that. Again, that's not really a rule, but this idea of house rules, it's not really about the rules of your house. What it means is um, this is, it's my house, so it's my rules. And it really applies to like playing games because if you play games in your house, everybody has kind of their own unique twist to some of the rules of the games that you play. Um, depending on where you were born, where you're raised, kind of things like that, it all influences how you play, especially like some popular board games. For example, you may not know this, but how many Monopoly fans do we have in the house? Okay, some more. See, some people aren't raising their hands because they've had bad experiences because they've lost, and they're out. But here's the truth, and here's the fact. Did you know that most people do not play the game of Monopoly according to the rules? That's the truth. Everybody kind of has their own little kind of catch of how they do it. They have their own little interpretation of the rules. And that idea of playing kind of the way you play at your house, that's house rules. When you're at my house, you play by my rules. For example, here's a couple. If you come to my house and we play Monopoly, first of all, I'm going to win. Like, let's just get that out of the way because I might cheat, whatever it takes. But number one, here's, here's a great rule. First of all, you don't have to pass go the first time before you can buy properties. Like the first time you land on a property, it's all in, global domination. You can buy properties out of the gate. Here's another one, free parking. According to the rules, free parking is just like this blank space you land on, not at my house. If we play Monopoly at my house, first of all, $500 out of the bank goes under the spot, and then all of the fees and all the things goes there, and then whoever lands on free parking, getting paid, right? That's what free parking is about. Like, you shouldn't just sit there. You get some money. Here's one. This was not one at my house, but I was actually having this conversation recently with somebody, and they were talking about some of the house rules they have. 
And they said at their house, when you play Monopoly, that you don't have to wait for your turn to kind of wheel and deal. Anybody can put off any kind of deal at any time. Not in my house, because it's not a house rule. You have to wait until it's your turn to work your little deal, right? Because, I mean, i got a type A person on, and I need kind of things in order. So here, but here's the reality. Again, everybody has house rules. Your house rules or how your house is run or your house rules applies um, to, to how you play games. There are even house rules in businesses. Some of you guys have walked into a business, a, a fast food place, or you walked into a convenience store, and we've seen signs like this, right? No shirt, no shoes, what? No service. What is that? Those are house rules. Everybody has house rules. Everybody has the way they want things done, the way they expect things to be carried out. And here's the reality is, do you know that God has house rules? God has house rules. God has rules because he is a ruler. When you look at the scripture, there's a very clear picture painted of who God is and what God is like. And ultimately, we find out this, that God is a king. And as a king, he has a reign. And this idea of him being a king with a reign, with a rule, ultimately, it all breaks down into this big idea called the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. And this idea of the kingdom is prolific throughout Scripture. We find it over and over and over again. In fact, the idea of the kingdom, it's used uh, either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Both of those terms are synonymous. This idea of the kingdom is used over 100 times in the New Testament. And the majority of the time it's used, it's used by Jesus, which is a big deal because the message of Jesus, his primary message was not God loves you. Now, make no mistake about it. I believe because Jesus, he did say that God loves the whole world, and he meets us where we, are, where we are. Jesus said that he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but through him we might be saved. So yes, God does love us. Yes, he does meet us where we are. But the primary message of Jesus was not God loves us. His message was the kingdom. In fact, you see it over and over and over again. Let me just give you a couple quick examples. Here's what the Bible says in Luke 8. It says, soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages. Well, what did he do? He went around preaching and announcing the good news about what? The kingdom. Come on, everybody say the kingdom. So when Jesus went around from village to village, his primary message, the message of Jesus was the kingdom. And it wasn't just his message because his disciples who followed him, who taught what he taught, who went around preaching what he preached. Here's what the Bible says about the disciples. It says, and he, Jesus, sent them out to proclaim what? The kingdom of God. Not God loves you or not God's going to judge you or not whatever we think the message of Jesus was. The message of Jesus and the message of the disciples was the kingdom. In fact, years after Jesus had... Um, had died, rose from the dead, and ascended back to heaven. The apostle Paul, out preaching during the establishment of the New Testament church in the early days of church, here's what the Bible says about the apostle Paul's message, that Paul was boldly proclaiming what? The kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's this idea. I mean, here's the question. If, if we want to know who God is, if, if we say we follow Jesus, if we want to learn about what Jesus taught, it brings us back over and over to the idea of the kingdom. Which means if you want to know Jesus, if you want to know his message, if you want to know what he taught, you have to understand and get the idea of what is the kingdom. Because you have him, he talks about it all throughout scripture, all throughout his life and ministry. And here's some of the things that he says. Here's some interesting ones. Jesus says things like this. Jesus says, hey, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. 
What he's saying is in your daily life, in your journey, is you're trying to navigate careers and you're trying to figure out relationships and you're trying to manage budgets. He's saying before you start any of that, the first thing you want to do is seek first. Put God's kingdom as a priority over your life. Make sure God, his rulership, his rule, make sure he's first. That's a big idea. He says once you put him in the right place, everything else will work its way out. He says this about the kingdom. He says, hey, the kingdom of God, it's at hand, which means it's right now. It's not coming. The kingdom is not this idea that one day down the road you'll die and go be where God is. The idea of the kingdom is, is that God is right here where we are right now. Wow, what a big idea. The idea of the kingdom, Jesus taught and said things like this, that when you pray, think about all of the things if you pray. Think about the things that you pray for. Jesus said when you pray, one of the primary things we should pray for, you know what it's for? The kingdom. He said when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. So the kingdom is something you seek. It's something you pursue. It's something that's right now. It's something that we surrender to. Here's a big idea about the kingdom. One of the things that Jesus said is it's not really observable. When you think about a kingdom or you think about, uh, when you think about a sovereign nation, like you can unroll a map or you can flip open a book or you can, you can jump, op, uh, jump on an internet site and you can find the boundaries of a kingdom. But Jesus said about his kingdom that it's, that it's not about a physical location. It's not about something you can touch or feel. Here's what Jesus said about his kingdom. So one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, hey, when will your kingdom come? Now, he already answered it. He said, hey, the kingdom's already here. It's, it's here. It's now. So Jesus replied to this guy asking the question. He says, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say here it is or it's over there for the kingdom of God is already among you. What he was saying was it's, it's kind of like the laws of the physical universe. You can't, you can't touch, taste, or see for example, the law of gravity, but it's there. It's in action. It's in practice. So this idea of the kingdom, come on, everybody say the kingdom. This was the message of Jesus. This is what he taught. It's what the disciples taught. It's what the New Testament church. So if that's the primary message, what is it? Like, what does it mean? So during this series, we're going to try to unpack this big idea, and we're going to try to make it practical to our lives. But again, ultimately, here's the question is, again, what is the kingdom of God? So let me give you an answer that won't help any of you, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. The kingdom of God is the redemptive rule of God through Christ. Now, how many people did that not help? Have you ever looked up a word in a dictionary and the description in the dictionary or the definition has like three or four words that you also don't understand? I know for some of you are like, Pastor, that didn't help us at all. Let me just make it in very, very plain terms. Is the idea of the kingdom of God is not that God is sovereign in control over everything, though we believe he is. I believe that God, to the edge of the universe, everything beyond the universe, everything that ever uh, was or will be, that God is sovereign and in control. But this idea of the kingdom of God, it's not that. It's this idea through the life and through the teaching and through the death and the resurrection of Jesus that God is slowly and surely not taking over like a location or a locale, but God is taking over the hearts of people. And so what does this look like? I mean, what's, what's kind of the idea? Well, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 13, we're going to kind of hang out and camp for a little bit today. Jesus jumps right in, and the way he talks about the kingdom, the way he unfolds it and unpacks it, for you and I to understand back in that day was he taught through something called parables. 
A parable, if you're new, kind of to spiritual things, a parable was this idea of taking something that was very familiar to teach something that was unfamiliar, to take something physical and understandable to teach a spiritual principle or truth. And so there's this huge crowd that's following Jesus, and he pulls them in, and you know what he starts to talk about? Anybody want to take a guess? The kingdom. And so Jesus starts to talk about this idea of the kingdom through a parable, and here's the parable that he tells. Now, it's one that you and I, we're not as familiar with, but all of us in this room, we certainly get the concept. Jesus starts teaching about how the kingdom is kind of like a guy who's out doing some farming. And here's the story he tells. He said, hey, there's a guy, and he goes out, and the farmer, this farmer is out sowing seed. And as he's planting seed, this seed falls on far, four different types of soils. One of the four types of soils is hard ground. I mean, man, it's just rock solid. And not, the seed can't get into the dirt. And because the seed is falling on hard ground, like nothing happens. There's no harvest. There's, there's, there's nothing that comes of the seed. And there's another kind of soil that the seed falls on. And it's, it's kind of rocky soil. It's real shallow, which means like the seed gets in and takes, it, like a shoot comes up quick, but it dies because the soil's not deep enough so, to sustain what's happening. He says, and then there's a guy, when he sows seed, it falls on ground with all kind of weeds. And like, man, something shoots up, and it looks like it's going to really grow into something. But the, the weeds come and choke out the life, and nothing happens. But he said, there's this one type of soil that when the seed gets in, man, all of a sudden there is this huge harvest of 36 or 100-fold. But like, so this seed comes in and really brings a harvest. He said, what is he talking about? He tells us. He says, he says, I, I'm the farmer, and the seed I'm sowing, you know what the seed is? He says, it's the message of the kingdom. As I go about talking about the kingdom, teaching about the kingdom, preaching about the kingdom, he said, the soils are the condition and the types of the hearts of people. And some people are just hard-hearted, like they just refuse to believe. They got all kinds of unrealistic faith issues. Doesn't matter what they see me do, hear me do. Like, they're just shut down. And so the, the message of the kingdom never penetrates their hearts, and there's never any change. He said, and some people, man, they hear the message, and like some of us, I've been there, maybe you've been there, like they hear the message, and like, I love Jesus, I'm all in, until like that week they have a bad week, like the next Sunday they're out, the next Sunday they're back in. Anybody here ever have those moments like where you're in and out, in, out? He said, there's people like that, they hear the message, and they're in for a minute, and then they're out. It doesn't stay, it doesn't have any staying power in their life. He said, and some people, the condition of their heart they have like a lot of weeds, which means that they, they hear the message and like they're all in and following Jesus, but like relationships and money and they got all these other things going on and there's so much competition in their life that God being a priority falls away and the message of the kingdom doesn't last in their life. But he said, then there's some people that they hear the message and it brings a real change in their life. Here's what Jesus is ultimately saying about this idea of the kingdom. And this is the big idea I want you guys to get. What Jesus is saying is this idea of the kingdom, it's not about Jesus just giving somebody a message. He doesn't want people just to hear a message. He wants you and I to experience a metamorphosis. It's not just more information where we're taking notes. What God wants us to have is a transformation, not a revelation, but a revolution, where when we hear what God has to say, when we hear the teachings of Jesus, that it gets into our lives and it changes us forever from the inside out. That's the idea of the kingdom, is the kingdom brings change. And so, like, you got to ask, because this is the question I ask. Is this it? Is this all there is? 
Because I don't know about you, but we see people do this all the time. We see people, I see people, you see people. And here's the idea. We get up, we come to church, we sit down, we sing songs, we hear a message, we go home, repeat. We get up, we come to church, we show up, we sit down, we sing some songs, we hear a message, repeat. It's like shampoo, right? <laughs> you know, wash, rinse, repeat. And you got to ask the question like, pastor, is this all there is? Like we just hear messages and go home and th- this is it? And Jesus' disciples were asking the same question when Jesus was going around because he was watching. They were watching crowds show up and follow Jesus. They were watching the multitude show up and listen to Jesus teach. And some of them would get healed and some of them would amen him. But at the end of the day, most people just went back home and kept doing what they were doing. And Jesus, like the disciples said, is this it? Is this whole thing just about hearing some messages but like nothing ever happens? And Jesus responds, and again, he says, no, 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 no. you got to get this, that the idea of the kingdom is not about just listening to messages. The idea of the kingdom of God coming, the idea of it being here right now is just not hearing sermons and taking notes. It's about the kingdom of God coming and showing up in our life and changing us. But for a lot of us, man, the idea of God, all God is for a lot of people is a trump card. It's just an add-on. We're like, we have the rest of our life, but now we got God. Like, I'm a church person. I'm a God person. I'm a Jesus person, which means I got God as my trump card. So if I'm going through something bad, trump card, Jesus is in. I can pray now. God, you need to fix this situation. Like, if I have something in front of me, like if I got a job opportunity before, I just had to do it on, but now I got God. Hey, God, God's going to open the door. So for a lot of us, the idea of God and his kingdom is like, we got God in our back pocket and we can pull him out when we need him. Here's what you need to hear about the kingdom because this is a really different way to think. Is God is less about changing the circumstances of people and more about changing the people in circumstances. You're saying, Pastor Steve, are you you telling us we shouldn't pray about situations we're going through? Are, Are you trying to tell us that God doesn't care? No, I'm not telling you that at all. I'm telling you, you should pray about every situation in your life. But I'm telling you at the end of the day, God is far more concerned with changing your heart than changing the area around you. God is more interested, listen, if you're in a bad relationship, if you're in a bad situation, if you don't get along with your family, if you don't like your mother-in-law, let me just tell you, God is more interested in changing your heart about your mother-in-law than changing your mother-in-law. If you don't get along, listen, if your marriage is falling apart and you're praying, God, fix my marriage, listen, God is going to fix you in the marriage before he just generally fixes the marriage. Are you all hearing what I'm telling you? See, God is about fixing us, not all this stuff around us. Oh, come on, that's just a different way to think. See, when you talk about God's kingdom coming, see, we think that God is like going to appeal back to heavens and like lightning shooting from heaven. He's just going to come down and fix everything. God, that's your kingdom coming. Jesus said, no, that's not it. When my kingdom comes, it means hearts change. It means lives are transformed. See, when we look at this world and we see starving kids like our idea is, God, why don't you come and fix this? God says, you know how I fix the situation of hurting people? Is I put empathy in the hearts of my followers who treat people the way they want to be treated, and they go into those situations with my grace and my strength, and I use them to make an influence and an impact on starving kids. Like, that's, what, that's my kingdom coming. God, why don't you do something with those kids? They lost their mom and dad, and like, who's there for them? God says, you know what I'm going to do? God says, I'm going to raise up parents who have empathy on those kids, who will care for those kids, who will open up their home, and they'll foster those kids. Like that's God's kingdom coming is when God changes our hearts and uses us in this world to make a difference. That's his kingdom coming is when you and I experience real life change. 
So again, it's, God is less about changing the circumstances of us, and he's more about changing us in the middle of circumstances. Can we just talk a minute about what happened this weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia? Like, I don't get how there can be that level of bigotry and hatred in any race, white, black, or anywhere in between, ever thinking like they're the only race that matters or they're premier, or so, you know. But you look at that and you're like, God, why don't you do something? God, like, why don't you strike all them with lightning? Like, God, why? You know what God does with situations like that is God takes people like you and I, and he changes our heart that in the middle of a lot of hatred and bigotry, God floods his people with love and empathy and concern and compassion. And we go into this world and when hate is trying to push in, we push back with love. Where bigotry is trying to push in, we push back with equality. That listen, we're all made in God's image. We all matter. Jesus died for everybody. Like that's God's kingdom coming. And so life change is a reflection of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus, he, as he's going through this, he tries to give us this, this idea, and he keeps on teaching us, like, what's the kingdom? What's the kingdom? He keeps telling us what the kingdom is through parables. So he goes on, and he gives us two more parables back to back, and he says this. Here is another illustration or parable that Jesus used. Come on, read this with me. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. And it's the smallest of seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. Then he goes on and teaches another one, back-to-back parables, telling us what the kingdom is. He says, Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast. Yeah, say it like that so you remember it. Just a little yeast. In three measures of flour, it permeated every part of dough. I don't know if you guys had any rules like this as a kid, but I remember when I was a kid, my parents um, gave me a couple kind of rules of interacting with other kids or other, like, friends. Here was a couple of them, and they kind of all hinged around this idea of, um, like, not getting sick or getting diseases or whatever the other kids had. So here was the thing. Never share your food with somebody. Like, if you're eating an apple and a friend wants a bite of your apple, you just give them the apple. Like, never drink after somebody. Like, if you're drinking something and someone says, can I have a drink? Like, you just let them have it and you just stop drinking. Does anybody ever have rules like that growing up? Here was another one. Like, if, don't ever let anybody use your brush or your comb. Like, if they need to brush their hair, you just give them the comb or the brush. Was my parents the only ones that were, right? Okay, so good. I thought I, people were like, what? Were you raised in a prison camp? <laughs> but here was the idea, right, is whatever, if they were sick and you... Like, you get too close to them, you're, like, their sickness is going to get on you, and it's going to impact you. This is the idea of the kingdom, is if you get close to the king, if you submit yourself to his message, it's going to impact your life and will change you from who you used to be. It's not just showing up, sitting, listening to a message, and going home. It's showing up, surrendering our hearts, hearing who God is, subjecting ourselves to his kingdom and his rulership, and us leaving this house, leaving his presence, leaving his whisper, being the people he's called us to be, no longer being the people we used to be. Here's the big idea, is that when the kingdom of God is part of your life, it will slowly and surely overtake your life. Let's, let's just hang there for a minute. You say, what's the kingdom? Like, we're going to keep describing, and I'm going to keep giving bits and pieces, but if you don't hear anything for four weeks, you need to hear this right here. This is how you know the kingdom of God is influencing you. This is how you know what the kingdom is, because as his message, because what was his message? The kingdom. 
as his message gets in your life, you're going to know it's, got, it's getting in there because right here it will slowly and it will surely overtake your life. Think again about what Jesus said. Look at these parables. And I want you to picture this in your mind. We're, we're smart people. We can use our imagination. So imagine a small seed. At that time, the smallest seed in that area of the world was a mustard seed. And Jesus is telling us, like, imagine a tiny little seed and you put it, you put a wee little bitty seed in your garden. And he says, what is it? What happens? It becomes the largest plant there. Why? Because it grows. He says, so you take a wee little seed and you plant it in the ground. He says, slowly and surely, what happens? He says, a shoot comes up. He says, and a tree begins to grow and it takes over the entire garden. So from a seed to a shoot to a tree, and it just keeps growing bigger and bigger. So when you hear the message of the king, and when you show up and you listen to a sermon, when you, when you stop and you listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit, ultimately as God speaks through his word, as God speaks his message to our life, ultimately it should be equating to God surely and slowly taking over our life. And I know some of you might say, well, Pastor Steve, like if you would preach better, we would change quicker. I want you to hear, it's not about the quality of the seed. It's about the condition of the heart. It's about your heart being open to hear. What does the king say? What does his reign look like in my life? And again, it's this idea, again, it starts small and it just keeps overtaking, growing bigger and bigger. In fact, Jesus, here's the, here's the idea I want you to hear is if it isn't taking over, it hadn't taken root. If it hasn't taken over, if it's not taking over your life, if it's not taking over the way you think, if it's not taking over your relationships, then it hadn't really taken root. All you did was you might have listened to a message, but you didn't hear it. Like, I don't know about you guys, but there are different frequencies that different people are tone deaf to. Husbands, like, they're tone deaf to wife's frequencies. Kids are tone deaf to parental frequencies, right? Like, I can talk to my kid, and if, if I'm telling him what he wants to hear, he hears every word. Son, let's go buy you some new shoes. And he can tell you where he wants to go and what shoes he wants. But, son, I need you to take the trash out. What? Huh? And not only does, like, is he kind of deaf, he's got early stages of dementia. Because if I can get him to hear me, finally, he'll come out, and I can watch him. He'll stand in front of the trash can. He'll grab the bag, and I'll turn around because I'm convinced he's got it. And next thing I know, like he sees pizza rolls on the oven and he gets distracted texting somebody. Three hours later, the trash is still in the trash can. Zach, I thought you were taking the trash out. I forgot. How did you forget you were right there? Right? So I want you to hear this. Listen, when you get a message, when you hear what God has to say, the message of the kingdom, if it isn't taking over, it hasn't taken root. If all you do is read your Bible, but don't do anything. If all you do is show up and listen to a sermon, but you don't do anything. If all you do is listen, because we all hear the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the whisper of the Holy Spirit, but we never yield to it, then you're not part of the kingdom because the kingdom message, when it starts moving in, it starts taking over. He goes on again. He gives this second illustration or this second parable. Again, he says, Jesus also used this illustration. Again, this idea that it's like a little bit of yeast little bit of yeast. But you know what it does? It permeates the entire ball of dough. Little seed grows into a big plant. Little bit of yeast permeates the whole dough. And it's this idea about the kingdom that you have to get when God's kingdom is moving in your life, when you're being a part of God's kingdom. Rod says, listen, the kingdom of God 
It's invasive and pervasive. Now, those are words you may not use, but let me describe because it really describes well what the kingdom of God is like. These two ideas of something being invasive and pervasive, they're biology terms. They can be used like botanist terms, like for plants or biology terms like animals. When there is an invasive species, you know what an invasive species is? An invasive species is a foreign species. When it moves in, it comes in and it takes over. Like there are birds people have brought through several hundred years of people coming to, these, to, this, to this land and they've brought other birds and other animals and they thought it was a good idea. You know what's happened is a lot of those species were invasive. They've came and they've replaced the native species. I want you to know something. When God's kingdom comes, you know what it starts doing? It's invasive. It starts replacing the old ecosystem of our lives. Like we don't have the relationships we used to have. We don't treat people the way we used to treat people. We don't deal with money the way we used to deal with money. We don't love people the way we used to love. When God's kingdom shows up, it's invasive and it starts replacing old pieces and parts of our life relationships the way we think and the way we act. Come on, somebody. Like it's invasive in our lives and it's pervasive. This, the idea of a species or a plant being pervasive means it takes over large swatches. God, listen to me. He's not gonna just say, well, you give me Sunday and you can have the rest. You give me the tithe and you can keep the rest. Just, hey, you give me this one relationship and do what you want with the rest. God ultimately wants to take over your entire life. The kingdom of God, when it comes, it will surely and slowly take over every area of your life. It's like marriage. Can I just get an amen or an oh no? Like, listen, when you get married, and I mean, probably at some point in every relationship, even before you're married, it starts to look like this. But especially when you get married, listen, when you get married, marriage is invasive and pervasive. Like when you're married, you're not a bachelor anymore. You can't say, baby, I'm going to give you Friday night, but I'm hanging out with the fellas on Saturday, and we're going to the club, and I'm picking up some women. Not that probably anybody even talks like that. I'm not sure why I did that. But, <laughs> but no, nobody does that. Do you know why? Because my wife doesn't get Friday, and I get the rest. She gets Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. She gets it all. Because when you get married, I'm not a part-time bachelor and part-time married like it's invasive. The culture of being married is, 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 is replacing the culture of being single. Like my budget changed. How I spend my money changed. Like I don't have any money anymore. Like it's all changed because marriage is invasive. It takes over your life. You're no longer that person. You're a new person in the context of a new relationship. It's pervasive. It doesn't take over one part of your life. It takes over every part of your life. Listen, the kingdom of God and our relationship with God is exponentially greater than our relationship with our spouse. So if a relationship with your spouse changes everything about you invasively and pervasively, how much more the kingdom of God is slowly and surely taking over our lives? You say, well, you know, not in my life. If it's not, if all you're hearing is messages and not experiencing a metamorphosis, if all you're doing is getting information and not a transformation, if in your spiritual journey, as you hear the kingdom, as you hear the message of the kingdom, delivered by the king of the kingdom, again, the idea is God not just to give you a revelation, but for you to experience a revolution. But here's some good news. Because maybe you're hearing like, Pastor, like I'm changing, but like I'm not very fast. Here, here's good news. I want you to get this. This idea 
Again, right here, when the kingdom of God is part of your life, it'll slowly and surely overtake your life. But here's, here's a great idea you got to get from these two parables. Remember what he says. He says, the tiny seed, what does it do? It grows to the biggest plant in the garden. What's he say? A little bit of yeast, it slowly overtakes the whole batch of dough. So the kingdom of God, this is a big idea. The kingdom of God, it starts small and it grows big. Think about Jesus, because the kingdom of God, it really started with him. Think about the kingdom of God. It started with a baby in a backwater town nowhere called Nazareth. And a little baby born by a 14 or 15-year-old unimportant girl. And it started there, and it moved out, and as Jesus grew up, ultimately he got 12 followers, 12 and 12 followers in three and a half years after Jesus' death and resurrection grew to 120 in an upper room waiting and praying for the birth of the New Testament church. Jesus leaves, goes back to heaven. He sends the Spirit of God, fills those 120 followers of Christ. The next day, 2,000 people are added to the church. The day after that, 3,000. And here we are 2,000 years later, and there are 3 billion-plus people on this planet who call on the name of Jesus and who say that I'm a part of his kingdom. It's growing slowly and surely. See, Jesus didn't come in a sweeping move, overtake the planet in the heart of every person. Slowly and surely, think about your life. Slowly and surely, the kingdom of God, it starts small and it grows big. I started up, started attending church, didn't know Jesus, didn't know God, didn't know the message, didn't know the king, the kingdom, or his rulership. I knew there was a good-looking girl sitting next to me, and that's why I came. Girls, leverage your beauty to get guys next to you in church. You never know what God will do. But I started listening to the message. And I didn't know all the rules. Like the church I started going to was a hand-raising church, kind of like we are. And you don't know, like, what's the rules? How high should I lift my hands? Is this acceptable? Is it all the way up? Can you have any degree bend in your arm, right? How often do you do it? Some of you from Catholic churches. So stand up, sit down, sit down, stand up, right? Fight, fight, fight. Like you got to figure out all the rules. And I, but I started listening. You know what happened? I was listening to the message of the kingdom. And one day, one day it got into my heart. And you know what happens when the kingdom gets in? It will slowly and surely begin to overtake your life. And all of a sudden, how I spent Saturday nights changed because I had to get up early for Sunday and started changing how my relationships were and started changing. Like I dropped something in the bucket, but not very much because I didn't want to look like the guy that didn't give anything. Sometimes I'd stick my hand in as if I was dropping something, but I didn't really drop anything. <laughs> Y'all, come on. Some of you stuck some empty envelopes in just in case anybody's looking. But I put something in and I found out God, you know what? God called me to be a tither. It, it wasn't mine. It all belonged to him. So it changed my money, it changed my relationships, it changed how I talked, it changed how I act. But here's what I want you to know is I'm not there yet. So my, the kingdom of God in my life, it started small and it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. It hasn't taken over, but it's taking over. And if it's not taking over, it hasn't taken root. See, there are people who follow Jesus and some of the people who follow Jesus, some of them, they didn't want a king, they wanted a servant. They wanted someone that they could show up with and say, God, I need you to fix this. And Jesus would pray for them, heal them, deliver them, and they would go back and be unchanged. If you never submit to the rulership of the king, you can never experience the kingdom. But some people, 
They wanted a king. They didn't want a servant. They wanted a king right now. Jesus, come and fix it all right now. Let your kingdom come. Like, come and wipe out these Romans. Come and set up your global empire because we're tired. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Start small. Start it with a baby in a manger. Advanced to a rabbi teacher with a small group of followers that climaxed with his death on the cross. Three days later, confirming his message, he rose from the dead. And for the last 2,000 years, it is slowly and surely enveloping the hearts of people all over this world. And one day, be sure, one day, his kingdom, it is come, it is coming, and it will, day, it will one day come in total fruition. But right now, the kingdom, it's not on the outside, it's on the inside. It's not taking over a a local economy or a region of the world. It's taking over the hearts of men. And the way you know you're a part of the kingdom isn't whether you attend church. It's whether the message is slowly and surely taking over your life. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would help us, God, to stop just being listeners and help us be hearers. God, that every time you whisper, every time we read your word, every time we listen to a message, that, God, the kingdom would come right there in our hearts and, God, you would take over. We yield, we yield to your rulership and to your reign and pray from the inside out. You would change our lives and you would change this world. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, can we give God praise today? Come on, church.